Welcome to another edition of the Bovada at Odds podcast. I'm your host, Seth Everett, the head odds maker at BovadaSportsbook.com. And let's be honest, the star of this show is Patrick Morrow. How are you, Patrick? Oh, I was going to say, go on, go on. No, yeah, seriously, you know, go on. You need the accolades. You just need to, to be told how great you are. I understand. It's the way I, I have a very fragile ego, so, you know, <laughs> you know we, we joke about this. But, yeah, w- without that, I could not get up for this podcast each week. So thank you for that, Seth. Right. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, another great week of NFL football uh, just passed us by. Some yeah, really week great three games. in the NFL was awesome. Another Another great week. Just yeah, I think I read something like 18 games so far in this very short NFL season underway have been decided by three points or less, which is incredible. Uh, we've been on the right side of a lot of those decisions. We've been on the wrong side of uh, slightly fewer than uh, the right ones. It's 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 been really compelling football so far. Really close. Uh, it, it's it's been off. It's been a little low scoring though. That's the one thing that's kind of caught me by surprise a bit, but. Uh, well, every NFL season can't be exactly the same, so that's where we find ourselves. Yeah, it's 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 wild. You know, just the quality of the games have been so compelling, and it's one game after another after another. They had nine games in the early window on uh, Sunday, and it was just like it was sensory overload. There was so much going on. Meanwhile, there's this uh, uh, watching history, which I'm not going to lie. In the United States, I got a massive kick out of watching uh, people freak the hell out because Aaron judge was going for home run number 61 on Apple TV plus. Oh my God, that make me laugh. And you know, the arrogance of the Yankee people saying that they should change it. The yes network should get the game. And I was like, no, that's what they paid their money to get the rights to this for. I mean, it's not their fault that the game was, the game was selected months ago. And it just so happens that that game. So shut up all you people who can't figure out how to get Apple TV plus, and they weren't even charging for it. They were saying it was free. All you had to do was download their stupid app. It was so easy still, Patrick. I know people are betting on this. I know people are anxiously waiting for him to hit the 61st home run. This is such a trumped up nothing record. 61 home runs. That used to be the record. It has been broken oh four times. Not once. Not once. It was broken four times. Sammy Sosa hit 66 home runs. And if you start telling me about this American versus National League, when has baseball actually paid one iota of attention to separating those leagues? They changed the rules to make both leagues the same. They have interleague every day. They're making a balanced schedule where you play more interleague games than against your own division. American League record? That's a record? That is a made-up bullshit record. (laughs) If Aaron Judge is going to be the single-season home run king, he has to hit 13 home runs before the end of the season. No, he has to hit 14. That would just tie it. Bonds hit 73. He has to hit 74 home runs. And I'm not anti-Aaron Judge. I don't care about Aaron Judge. I I, That means nothing to me. But my goodness, that is not a record. Oh, my gosh. That is, uh, I'm trying to pick where do I weigh in because you you hammered a lot there. And it's tough because I don't really disagree with anything that you said, uh, Seth. (laughs) I mean, yeah, Barry Bonds has the home run record. He wasn't suspended for any of those games. He he hit the ball over the fence. You want to talk about his steroid use, all that other macaca stuff? 
the record is legitimate. The record holder <laughs> is in question. Yeah, another thing I saw just in, in terms of stats that make your eyes boggle a bit uh, because, you know, the uh, the Jays got booed by the Yankees faithful in attendance the other night after Judge was wa- intentionally walked for, I think, something like the 18th time of the season, something like that. Oh, Maybe it's 15, God. whatever it was. It was in the teens. Barry Bonds in that peak season getting intentionally, I think he got intentionally walked like 100 times or something one of these years, one of those years where they just absolutely refused to pitch to him. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I, this league by league stuff. I mean, I sort of kind of got Stop it back the when leagues. the American Stop. League and National League actually yeah. were separated, but they're, they're the, not. But that more. was the 30 of, years ago. Well, yeah, they and used even to like have the first year they umpires? did interleague. They used yeah. to have different umpires. There was a thing yeah. in, uh, in on one of my podcasts. I talked to an umpire, and he literally right. said there used to be a thing called a National League strike zone, like the high pitch at the at the shoulders was a strike yeah. in the National League and not in the American League. The National League was considered more of a fastball league and the American League used to be considered more of a junk ball league. Yeah. That I'm telling and, you, and co- you know covering the sport, that's what this sport used to be. Now all the umpires are the same. The rules are the same. There is nothing that you might as well call them the AFC and the NFC. They're not uh, you're, separate. You're it's one league. Dan Marino doesn't have a passing record for AFC. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, uh, eventually uh, they're they're all playing the same game. They're playing the same rules. Uh, the only thing different are the parks they're playing at, which, you know, aside from the Rockies and Cubs, uh, you know, maybe inflating or deflating a little bit of stuff, depending on the wind tunnels that day. It's uh, it's it's very bizarre to continue to keep separate records, to have separate MVPs, to have separate Cy Youngs and whatever else you be separate. But rookie of the year separated by leagues. Although I do appreciate that my Julio Rodriguez gets a little bit of protection because I bet him AL rookie of the year, not Major League Baseball rookie of the year. Um, but yeah, it's 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 kind of the silly season with baseball. Uh, you know, then speaking of Judge, you know, we're going to have to continue to debate uh, what the MVP uh, award means because a lot of people say. Is it the best player or is it literally uh, who helped their team the most? And if Otani and the Angels, who will fail to make the playoffs again this year, uh, are not uh, a team we're talking about in October, then how much do his contributions matter? And Seth, you know, you listed off all the things that frustrate you about Major League Baseball just a moment ago. And again, my least favorite thing is trying to handicap the MVP award each year because of this nonsense. Just make it the most outstanding player or whatever the case, because we have to try and figure out for writers, for people who participate in media like this, how exactly they quantify the the award. Uh, is it about, did his team make the playoffs? Was it he the best player on the field? I think what Otani is doing this year is more impressive than what Judge is doing, but Judge's team is first in the AL East. And, you know, he's putting up close to record numbers, not quite record numbers though. And he's not going to hit 73, I'll tell you that much. No, and, you know, if there's if there's any kind of karma, and it's just because I'm talking about this on this, Kagamimi podcast he's going to hit it to, you know by the time you listen to this he'll have hit it already and watch he's when roughly... he hits it he'll hit, hit like three in a game and people will laugh and they'll say Nate what do you know but how's this for a bold prediction I don't think he hits it I think he stays oh. at 60 and he finishes sixth in the in Major League Baseball in single season home runs 60 well, we, that's we run tied the, with we Babe run... Ruth we run the risk of any uh, predictions we make being outdated in a podcast world, but I can roughly say that on average, his odds to hit a home run in each start the rest of the way, depending on the pitcher, is roughly between plus 150 
to plus 175. So what I would say is that because of the added attention that he's getting, and again, we don't really give out picks, but I will say that that number is super deflated because of all the people that love to bet on history to happen. Uh, it's like when someone's got a perfect game going through six, seven innings. We'll post those lines in real time, but we know we're going to get more yes money than no because people want to bet on history. So if you want to be a doom and gloomer, if you don't like the Aaron Judge record and you like a little bit of value, I would say bet, backing Judge not to get a home run in each one of these games is probably presenting a little bit of value because we are deflating that yes number because of the history angle. Well, look, the, the fact the fact remains is that, you know, people are talking about history. And like I said, you know, the, the, their graphics, these networks are putting up graphics calling chasing history and chasing Maris. And I'm like, what? And, and Roger Maris's family is in the stands to watch him break the American League record. Do you know when I first started hating the American, you know, the American League versus National League? When we were doing studies for uh, for Jackie Robinson Day, okay, and we <laughs> this is gonna get dark. I'm telling you right now. So so Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier, right? Like that's a, mm-hmm. that's an amazing feat. He breaks the color yeah. barrier. Do you know that Larry Doby is the American League first African American baseball player in the American League? Uh- I did not know that. I'll, I'll tell you what, he must not have played for the Yankees because if he did, no, he I probably played, would have heard about it. Right, he played for Cleveland. And and, <laughs> and he played for yeah, Cleveland. There, there, and, if he played for the Yankees, there would be Larry Doby Day every year. I'll give you that. If you look up Larry Doby right now, I'm I'm doing this just just to prove a point. If you do, I'll do it. I'll do it as is, well. The simultaneous podcast Google. Right. What it is is he's the second black player to break baseball's color barrier and the first black player in the American League. In the American League. My God. You know that LeBron James, he's that he's gonna break all the Western Conference records. <laughs> Listen, I, I only uh I only um recognize uh you know point totals from the Norris division, Seth. So uh you know I keep it pretty pure up here as well. Norris division. Folks, you can't see this. This isn't a video podcast, but I had Seth rolling with that one. So I'm I'm, I'm off <laughs> to a great start. Division, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nailed that. Oh, that's funny. All right. Should we talk about football now? Let's, I let's, think so, because I think we've spent almost 12 wait. minutes just bashing Major League Baseball, which, <laughs> you know, we, we, we could do that all day. We might need a secondary podcast for that, but yeah, I do think the listeners do like a little bit of college football, a little bit of NFL, and uh, I think we got the goods on that, too. All right, let's start with uh, this Thursday night's uh, Amazon Prime game. By the way, they had uh, 11 million people watch game two. They had 13 and a half million watch game one, 11 million game two. The, a lot of people thought it was going to be like half. You know, that people checked out the novelty and the people are coming out in droves for this stuff and they should. They've had good matchups, good game, you know, good games. Pittsburgh, Cleveland was a good game last time, um, you know, and, and they should have a good one this week. Uh, the Dolphins face the Bengals Thursday night football. What say you? What say me? Well, right out of the gate, uh, another streaming service now. Um, Michaels and Herb Street, yeah, a cool, interesting kind of uh, combo in the booth. Uh, Herb Street, uh, out of his element a little bit with the NFL. I, he doesn't seem to have the passion for it as much as he does when he's calling a big college game, which I totally get. But uh, hey, it's Thursday night football. It's all Michaels. It's Dolphins, Bengals, and the Dolphins suit. Seth, I got to be honest, I 
watching that game on Sunday against the Bills, I did not think the Dolphins were that good, but I saw it in person. Defensively, they looked great. Uh, Tua was able to kind of shake off that uh, concussion situation there. I know the NFLPA is investigating a little bit because the circumstances of coming off the field and coming back in were kind of kind of surprising. But uh, looking well, at the game itself. Can we talk about that for a second, though? I think because so. Let, let, let's, let's be real here. Um, everybody said it was a concussion, right? Mm. All the sideline reporters, everybody said they didn't make that up. And they're saying he wasn't in too. concussion protocol. Do you think that they're, they're, they're lying here? I I hesitate to use libelous or slanderous language, but I, it's something fishy. I, I I've had concussions like that. Uh, growing up, I used to play uh, pretty competitive ice hockey back in uh, Ontario, and when you are hit in the back of the head like that, you get the jello legs. And I was immediately diagnosed with a concussion after a hit like that. Before I spent uh, the night in the hospital and. I, it, that's what it looked like. Am, very, very amateur diagnosis for me. Uh, med, you know, medicine's not my background, but all I can do is speak from experience. That's a hundred percent what it looked like. The fact that he just lost his legs like that. You don't really lose your legs like that, getting a lower back hip, which he was trying to suggest um, during post-game press conference and the Dolphins coach as well. Uh, he didn't really seem to give the most uh, compelling uh, explanation for what he thought he saw, but uh I, I just hope Tua's okay because he played incredible on Sunday and it really looks like that Dolphins team can really compete in that AFC East. But I think we have to talk about this game itself and the actual odds, uh, Seth. And I think what might surprise some people and maybe part of the reason for this is, you know, how healthy is Tua for this one? The Bengals are four-point home favorites. The Dolphins are underdogs going into this one. This Bengals team hasn't looked really good this year, Seth, but uh, we do think it's small sample size. We do kind of like them. Coming off a short week, uh, you know, that short week is also that impactful uh, for Tua shaking off whatever it is he has if it's not a concussion. So, uh, but it, it's no surprise that given their current success, 3-0 in the AFC East right now, that the Dolphins are getting the majority of the money in this one, Seth, at Bavada, taking about 65% of it so far. Over-under is sitting at 47 for the Thursday night one. Kind of makes you laugh how uh, NBC still gets these marquee games. I mean, come on. They've already got the commercials going. They had commercials going Monday morning. The Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Patrick Mahomes against Tom Brady. Old versus new. The old generation against the new generation. Kansas City, a, a road favorite. Is that true? That's right, Seth. Uh, the Chiefs are a road favorite uh, coming into this one against Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay, are they're, they're two and one on the season, but they're a team that could very easily be zero and three. They have not looked good, especially offensively. Tom Brady is showing his age out there. We know that uh, there have been injuries, and in last week's uh, case, uh, suspensions that has really hobbled the Tampa Bay Buccaneers attack. And so uh, they really had to rely on the relying game, on rely on sorry on the running game, and on uh, what's still been a pretty strong defense to keep them in games this year. Uh, you know, the Chiefs did suffer uh, a setback last week against the Colts, but on paper, we still have them as the much stronger team, which is why they are indeed the road favorite at Bavada. They are two point road favorites to be specific over under currently sitting at 45 uh, early days, but uh, we're seeing a slight trend towards favoring the Chiefs with the early bets. All right. Some more great matchups during the day. The Jacksonville Jaguars uh, won a road game. How about that? Now, can they make it two in a row? Uh, they haven't won in like three seasons. The Jaguars and uh, Trevor Lawrence going into Philadelphia to face the 3-0 Eagles. 
Yeah, a, a great story for the Jaguars, uh, really, you know, shedding the yoke of the Urban Meyer era. And as someone who enjoyed Trevor Lawrence so much in college, Seth, uh, it, it is great to see them look, uh, you know, competent, uh, looking like they have an ability to excel, that they might actually start playing some meaningful football. And, uh, you know, the flip side is you have uh, Doug Peterson and his return to uh, Philadelphia, where he had some success, of course. They had a Super Bowl win under him. I did laugh over the weekend, though, after the Jaguars beat uh, the Chargers on Sunday. Here you go, Seth. Doug Peterson has tied Urban Meyer for fifth all-time in most wins by a Jags head coach. How do you like that? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure. uh, Urban Meyer, not a friend of this podcast, but that's okay. No, we don't Looking like at that. the... No, we don't. <laughs> Uh, so looking at the game, uh, Eagles, uh, great start to the season as well, Seth. They're actually uh, co-favorites in the uh, NFC Futures uh, odds right now at the Vada. But uh, they are also six and a half point uh, home favorites in this one. Uh, a lot of love for the Jaguars. Again, maybe a little bit of recency bias coming off that impressive win against the Chargers. But uh, Trevor Lawrence looks good. Etienne looks good. Uh, the Jaguars look like a team that are much better than last season. Uh, I know they were popular in the analytics community as well. Uh, and they are one of the most popular teams on the board this week at Bavada, actually, with about 75% of all bets on the Jags. Also, the team that lost to the Dolphins last week, the Buffalo Bills, traveled to Baltimore to take on a Ravens squad uh, that also had a debilitating loss. They got back on the winning track. Lamar Jackson has been brilliant so far. Uh, so is Josh Allen. That's a chance for a lot of offense against not too shabby defenses. That's right, Seth. Uh, you have a you know really big uh, bounce back game opportunity for the Buffalo Bills in this one, who you know kind of got in their own way. You know, we gave Miami credit earlier when talking about them, but uh, the Bills did get in their own way a little bit uh, down in South Florida. They had some missed field goals, they had some turnovers. It really seemed that, despite all the talk of preparation for the Miami Heat and how they were going to hydrate, that there was just a lot of drop balls, a lot of mistakes. Um, you know, the traveling to Baltimore now, at least Buffalo will be playing in a, a climate that they're more accustomed to. And so weather shouldn't be impacting this game like it did down in South Florida. Looking at the odds, the Bills are currently three and a half point home favorites. I think that's about right, given what we know about uh, the makeup of that team. And this Ravens team, they are absolutely no slouches. As you said, Lamar Jackson playing absolutely incredible this year. Uh, playing with the franchise tag, you know, hoping to get some of that guaranteed money at come off season time. But uh, he's got a lot to prove out there. The Bills looking for that bounce back. We're seeing about 55% of all bets on the Ravens so far. One of the higher over-unders of the week. Not really a surprise here. Sitting at 51 and a half with two mobile QBs like that. Uh, we should expect a lot of scoring. All right. Uh, we always do them second. One of these weeks, we got to do them first. College football. There are some intriguing matchups, including the number two team in the nation, the Crimson Tide of Alabama heading to Arkansas to battle the Razorbacks. Not one of the more compelling matchups of the week, Seth, as Alabama. It, it's it's really tricky in college football because we, we, we look at all these games. We look at the ones that matter, and there are ones that look interesting, but they're interesting from rivalry point of views that maybe don't have college football playoff implications. Uh, th this one does. Uh, Arkansas has looked pretty good this season. They're coming into this game ranked 20th in the nation in the AP poll. They are 17 and a half point home dogs. But uh, one thing I do like to emphasize with college football compared to NFL is because of the added number of possessions that teams tend to have in college, you get, uh, you know, you get after a first down the clock stops. So as a result, there's just more plays taking place. So being a 17 and a half point favorite in college football is not quite the same as being a 17 and a half point favorite 
uh, in the NFL. So those money lines aren't, you know, dollars for donuts, apples to apples, exactly the same. Uh, having said that, this Alabama team uh, is still very, very good. Uh, you know, they've shrugged off that uh, 2019 escape uh, against Texas. Um, they are, you know, right there next to Georgia on our futures board to win it all uh, this year. Uh, looking at the odds for this one, like I said, 17 and a half point favorites. The over under is sitting at 61. And we are currently seeing about 65% of bets on the Crimson Tide in this one, Apovada. Then the uh, primetime game on uh, the big ABC game in the ACC, NC State and Clemson. Uh, the uh, Clemson Tigers, I mean, not only are they going to have to face the juggernaut uh, Syracuse team, who is uh, ranked in the coaches poll, I might want to add. Um, the uh, Clemson Tigers, this is the best matchup, they, best challenge I think they've seen all season. Uh, they go up against equally 4-0 Wolfpack of NC State. Yeah, interesting one uh, for Clemson. They uh, they were in a real barn burner last week against uh, Wake Forest. Uh, I think that ended up uh, 51-45. Not a lot of defense being played in the ACC these days. But, uh, you know, NC State will uh, serve as a similar challenge. I, I think Clemson closed as a seven or seven and a half point favorite last week against Wake. They are only a six and a half point home favorite in this one against NC State uh, at home. Uh, currently 55% of all bets on NCAA, uh, NCAA, NC state, pardon me with an over under 40. So we're expecting NC state's defense to play a more meaningful role than what Wakes did uh, last week. But, uh, we know that there's no margin of error in the ACC and for a team like Clemson, they're not like Georgia and Alabama where they can have a regular season loss and still have hopes of, uh, making the college football playoffs. So for Clemson, uh, it just continues to get tougher and tougher. Uh, and again, six and a half point uh, home favorites. Uh, no slouch in this one. NC State, again, super popular at Pavada right now. Well, the other thing is, you know, if you think about Clemson, all I think about when I when I look at them is how they are they want to be in one of those super conferences. I, I think they're going to do everything in their power. If I were Clemson, I would get out of the ACC as fast as I could. I know it's hard. I know there's all kinds of bylaws and such, and it's 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 easier said than done. And I know I'm just on a on a podcast here, but uh, to me, Clemson belongs in either the SEC. Well, Clemson belongs in the SEC. That 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 to me. And then their recruiting would go up. So Clemson, who's great, would get better. That's that's exactly what the SEC needs is uh, a, what's that'd be a third Tigers team joining them because um, you have Auburn, you have Missouri, but uh, no, you, but you're absolutely right from a from a culture and program standpoint, uh, the SEC is where a team like Clemson should be. They shouldn't be in the Big Ten. Uh, they shouldn't be elsewhere. And uh, you know, for a team and an or a school, I should say, I was going to say an organization, but you know, whatever these schools essentially are organizations. Uh, but for a school like Clemson. Um, you know, they've been a really good and meaningful football team for as long as Dabo Swinney has been there. Uh, do they have the kind of institutional uh, greatness that if he ever leaves them one day that they can flex and say, yeah, we should still be in the SEC. Yeah, we should be in the Big Ten. Why isn't anybody talking about Clemson? I would say that uh, while the iron is hot and they've got a football program like they do and a head coach like they do, that may not have staying power post Davos Winnie, whenever that day is, I would say, yeah, try and lock that in, try and get into a bigger conference. Now don't get left behind because five, 10 years from now, uh, they might be playing in America East. How about that? Well, see, that's the thing. I, I, I think there's more realignment coming. And I, I, I know people are like, ah, the games are starting enough of that. I'm telling you, 
I genuinely think that's going to be the case. Well, yeah, I mean, listen, whether it's uh, Russia, Ukraine or college football, uh, you need to position yourself for some kind of realignment and some kind of chaos that's uh, occurring. So uh, you have to be planning ahead. And uh, if you're Clemson, uh, you know, staying in the ACC just doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. There's no reason for it. Makes as much sense as having And you're going to leave a lot of money on the table. Yeah. (laughs) I've told you I want to do radical realignment in baseball anyway. I want to, I want to change. I want to get rid of both the names of the national league and the American league and just have uh, your divisions based on geography. I think it would be better for the sport. I want to go one step further and have cross sport realignment. I want to see the Toronto blue Jays take on the LA Dodgers in a game of Canadian football. (laughs) How does that Listen, uh, maybe I'm on an island here, but I thought basketball uh, really set the framework for all of this. We need uh, more of this chaos. I got nothing for that. That's shaking his head. I've officially broken him, folks. You broke me. You broke me. All right. That's the At Odds podcast. Remember to uh, download this podcast each and every week and go to BavadaSportsbook.com for the latest odds and to place your bets everywhere that you can. We will see you. Never the sport, whatever the competition, folks. We got you covered.